Hey everybody, this is Nicholas Rutherford. You're listening to The Green Room with your fantastic host, Sean T. Green. Don't change that podcast channel. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Go to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to subscribe. Oh, I'm mixing everything up. I don't have my script today. Welcome to The Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this show. We, it is a very special episode of the Green Room, and it's being brought to you today by LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom.com. You can log on there and create legally binding documents in minutes, trademarks, wills, patents, LLC corporations. They got it all. Just log into LegalZoom.com and... You're going to get a little extra bonus, a little extra discount by entering green in the checkout box. Man, what a show. Logan off to a little uh, little shaky start, but that's all right, Logan. It's all right. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for coming on. It's time to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate, get it on. Yes, Sean? and we will be getting it on. Hopefully uh, scheduled to call in at the bottom of the hour is Mr. Adam Carolla to promote his upcoming book, In 50 Years, We'll All Be Chicks. So... Looking forward to that. Hopefully that uh, comes through. You know, you know, dealing with the publicist. It sounds like it's all good. So, if uh, for whatever reason that doesn't happen, just pretend like he was still on the show. And <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, man. Well, we're doing it at a different time. Normally, we're doing it Thursday nights. This is a special uh, Monday noon show to accommodate uh, Mr. Adam Carolla. Man, what a uh, what a weekend, Logan. What a weekend. Yeah, a lot to get to. Well, first off, I'll um, I'll share this story. What was it? Uh, last week's show, right? We had the Digivangelist on, which was, of course, Christopher Coppola. He's uh, Nicolas Cage's older brother. We had him on the show. And, uh, you know, he was talking about his new show, Digivangelist. And then he called me and asked me to be on the show. So I went and taped that. I, I'm very interested to see how it's going to turn out. Like, they had <laughs> me they had me set up in a recording booth reenacting the interview, and then... Yeah, like, when when you told me you were on there, I was like, so what'd they have you do? And you weren't quite sure, like, how they were going to use well, the yeah, I, the I, show, I thought that, like. I, To be honest, I thought the show was more like uh, an interview show where they interview different digital media people, and they kind of do that, but then it's also kind of a, a scripted reality-type show where they... Where they have a storyline that they're kind of working. So the and Chris pre- Coppola kind of narrates the whole thing. So he's really, even though he's interviewing people, it's mostly him talking. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to say the least. And he's he's walking around town. He's got this awesome a suede jacket with like really really cool fringe <laughs> hanging down from his yeah. sleeves. He's got these crazy necklaces, really bizarrely interesting necklaces, like with turquoise and crazy. A lot of topaz. A lot of topaz. <laughs> a lot of topaz. So. I think that show, uh, I'll announce it on Twitter, at Green Room Show, but I, I think um, it's it airs Saturday mornings on the Real channel, Reels channel with a Z, and uh, I think I think you'll want to check that out. That's going to be it's gonna be pretty solid. I'm not going to lie. All right, Logan. <laughs> All right, Logan. Well, let's... Uh, What's let's, up? Nothing, man. Well, let's talk a little bit of NFL here. Of course, the Philadelphia Eagles won yesterday. I was super stoked about that. 
My roommate Ryan was there watching the game with me, and it almost got to the point that I didn't enjoy the game just because I was was so stressed out. But the Eagles, they pulled it off. They won. They're looking to. They're pretty much atop the NFC. Just to let the listeners know exactly what was going on, Sean's been having some trouble with his uh, automatic window <laughs> All right. on his car, and. Uh, yeah, he pretty much lost it like right before the game started. He, like we were just kind of watching the, you know, we've got a setup in our garage and we we're just kind of watching TV in our garage. And Sean's like right outside fixing his car. All of a sudden, we all hear this giant "fuck," <laughs> and like it kind of scared us. And then like five minutes later, he was sitting down watching the game. Like, oh wow, we're doing pretty good. Like, and then at, by the end of the game, he was super happy. So I was like, all right. Go right, Eagles. Logan. Uh, Logan's describing whatever future wife I have, what she has to look forward to. <laughs> Basically, my car window broke. I thought I could do it cheap with my buddy Bill and swap out the power window gears and the little door slides. And I had the door open, and it's just been a it's been a huge pain in my ass because I'll I'll get the door open, we'll work on it, and then of course it gets dark. Like I don't have a great place to work on it with tons of light. So you kind of got to do it during the daytime. And then I'm driving around with no window and my door hanging out, kind of half hanging out. Right. None of the power windows stuff works. None of that none of that stuff works. So it's just been it's just been in my craw the past couple of weeks. I get the part. I ordered it online. We get it open. We got it all set up. We got schematics out. And there's a, this is like this intricate pulley system for a power window, window motor. And we keep coming up like two inches short. And then the kickoff for the game is coming. And I'm just under all this pressure. I want to get this <laughs> godforsaken window fixed. And, of course, we don't really get to it. My buddy Bill, who is, you know, helping me out, is just like, oh, well, I guess we just got to take it to mechanic. There's nothing you could do. And I'm just, oh, man. I just <laughs> wanted to. There was so, like, I had to stop myself multiple times. I was just going to snap and just destroy the door. Like, I get in that mode where I was just, there's, obviously there's no logic for me to destroy the jo- the door. Like, it doesn't help anything, but part of me thought. But fuck that door. Yeah, I just. to learn a lesson. I just, I just had this feeling that I could really relieve a lot of stress if I just totally destroyed this door. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, and then you'd have more stress later. Right. See, I, I was able to control myself. I handled it. Yeah, sure, I screamed some vulgarities, but then I was like, all right. Okay, now it's game mode. I gotta watch the game because I'm locked into the Philadelphia Eagles. There's nothing I can do about it. It's my thing. So I started drinking beers and was able to relax a little bit and enjoy yeah, the some Eagles, of the game. The Eagles saved your day. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been uh, yeah, would have been disastrous had the Eagles lost because the Eagles lost compounded with the door. Oh man, that would have not been great. But the Eagles won. I had a great time and I went out and did stand up. I was wearing my. Vic jersey, all charged up from the game. Go there, do go to this uh, bar in Santa Monica, O'Brien's Pub, and it's uh, it's actually a pretty good show. There's there's some there's some uh, decent amount of people there. Host goes up, you know, he's kind of I don't know, I want to describe it as completely tanking, but not not tearing the <laughs> roof off. And I'm like, oh man, this is kind of this is gonna be weird. Whatever. There's a couple girls in the audience start talking. Blah blah blah. I get up there. I am. I'm jacked up. I'm having a great. I, you know, I'm up there. I'm just in the best mood. And then these girls start talking. For, they and they, they were trying to heckle me, but it, they started off with just like non sequitur heckles, like they were just saying stuff. 
Oh, and right. uh, one of them was like, is that Michael Vick jersey? And I was like, hell yeah, it's a Michael Vick jersey. And I, I just don't think she realized the storm she got into. It was like, he <laughs> is the greatest human being alive. And then she started to boo, and I was like, oh, boo all you want. I don't care if you like me. I care if Michael Vick likes me. Michael Vick scored touchdowns for the Eagles. What are you doing? You're not doing anything. You stink at life. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, I was just getting it. I was, I was really getting into it. And then she would, this, these couple group of girls kept like throwing in stuff. And I wasn't being a huge jerk about it. But if you're gonna keep talking during the show, it is kind of annoying. Like I, I, I can make fun of you. Everyone laughed. Okay, let's move on. But yeah. they just kept in insisting on throwing out random little wisecracks. They weren't even like jokes. They would just yell out stuff like. Yeah, by the way, we also had a heckler at the Comedy Garage on Saturday, and <laughs> yeah. that was ridiculous. Like, he wouldn't stop, and nothing he said was funny. And then after the show, <laughs> first of all, it was like our friend Cornell was up. He was telling a story. He was clearly in the middle of a joke, clearly, right smack dab in the middle, about to say the punchline, and this guy would keep interrupting. And then after the show, this guy just loved to talk, so he latched onto me at some <laughs> point, and I was just like, I think I said something about the heckling, and he was just like, well, you know, sometimes when the comic just doesn't know where they're going, they're kind of rambling. You got to bring them in. He was talking like he was a veteran heckler or something. Right. Like there's a place. There's, there's a time weird, and place for it. There's like, a weird no. point of pride for heckling. Yeah, if you want to yell out something fine or someone says something crazy, you react to it. Okay. But yeah, I think this guy, <laughs> it wasn't even, it wasn't even like um, negative. He, clear, he clearly ruined the set. I mean, Cornell handled it like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it wasn't it, even but. it wasn't even a negative heckle like, oh, he's doing bad. It was more just like he was really drunk and wanted to get on, on the bit. You know, like he yeah. was trying to throw out his ideas and where yeah. he would take it. But there was Cornell- definitely a rhythm like Cornell would pause because that's where a pause needs to be. And <laughs> right. the guy thought like, oh, Cornell thought, forgot what he was saying. I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah, it wasn't like a pause. Oh, he, that's where the punchline would be. Oh, that joke <laughs> fell flat. No, he was just <laughs> pausing. To hang, and the guy immediately, oh, dead air. I better fill in by injecting <laughs> my ideas. Uh. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was pretty hilarious. But yeah, he was one of those guys that totally thinks he's doing you a favor by talking. And these girls, oh, my God. I, I was just getting into it because you could just tell they thought they were so hot and uh, <laughs> and I got into the psychology. I was like, "Look, lady, okay, I realize maybe your dad wasn't around a lot and you need attention, okay, but this oh, is nice. my time." <laughs> oh, and it was great. I, I had one moment um, where I said something about I in my bit I was talking about Dave Matthews concert. I think the premise was that these these uh, NFL athletes are so much. Uh, there's so much being made about, oh, my God, they they damage their brain. And my whole argument is, wow, they damage their brain, but at least they got to have tons of fun, making tons of money, yeah. being superstar athletes. <laughs> I damaged my brain hanging out in the parking lot of a Dave Matthews concert senior year trying to impress seniors by drinking <laughs> a lot of Bacardi or whatever. And my whole thing is that I damaged my brain for nothing. At least they got something out of it. And then she goes... Your taste in music sucks. And, oh, man, that was another fuse. That was another fuse. I was just, whoo. And I go, look, I realize everyone here, all you hipster people, you guys are too good to be a part of anything that's popular. But Dave Matthews is a virtuoso on guitar. Tell me he doesn't know how to play guitar well. Okay, there's a guy with a violin on stage and an Under Armour shirt, and he rocks the shit out of that. That's what (laughs) rock and roll's about. And you can just tell the chick was just not prepared for that. I was like, okay, maybe you guys... Got shoved into lockers in high school, and that guy listened to Dave Matthews. But that's not Dave Matthews' fault. He's a great <laughs> artist. 
Oh, man. It was great. You know you really got to people when they come up and they're like, wow, that was passionate. <laughs> Like yeah, nice. well you're gonna, you're gonna start mixing it up with me. I'm not I'm not afraid to go toe to toe with a chick, especially or any heckler. The problem is when I start mixing it up, and I don't mind that. But you can tell like then she's gonna do it to the next guy and the couple of other guys, right? And maybe they're not into that as much or don't know how to handle it as well. And then I feel bad like oh man, I kind of empowered these stupid chicks. Well, I feel like even if you do know how to handle it, it. it- takes you in a direction you didn't want to intend to go, you know? Right, yeah, like I mean... you have your act set up, or, you know, set up in your mind, and then you're going through it, and then someone, like, interrupts it, you have to go a different direction, it's like, ah, I wanted to try this joke, but I couldn't. Right, it's just, hey, I'm trying to get this thought out, please shut up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, me- also, everyone in the room is facing the stage and being quiet. Right, Did and you, you can tell it's, annoy- it's annoying the other people. You heckle me. The problem is when you do shows at... At a real, at, at most normal comedy clubs, they have someone that will escort people out if they keep heckling like that. But if you're at a bar show and you're hanging out, there's no like security. No one's going to drag her off stage or like kick her out of the show. So right. you verbally trounce her. And listen, if you if you come at me, I settle your hash. I put you in your place. Then shut up, okay? You had your moment. I showed you I was dominant by totally <laughs> by totally yelling at you like a madman. And, and I showed you I was right. I made made everyone else in the thing laugh, and I made you laugh. And then the worst part is afterwards, they're like, that was really good. So leave me alone. You think I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to be like, oh, yeah, you too. This, they, was a, this was a duet, and I was just waiting for you to chime in. Great work, lady. That's how the guy at the comedy garage was. He totally... He was talking to me, down to me almost. Like he, he was telling me, like, no, this is how you do comics favors. Yeah, no, you, you don't uh, know, you don't know, set. you don't know heckling <laughs> like I know heckling. Well, I think what it is is they, I think the heckler realizes that, oh, okay, hey, I yell out something, and then the person reacts, oh, okay, I'm creating a real moment. And there is, there's truth that it, stand up live especially is great when you have those live moments. But to just keep doing that is annoying and, and yeah, kind and of it counterproductive. Look, it looks desperate, too, on the heckler's part. Like, oh, wow, <laughs> well, I, mean, I got a, t- a little of attention. I don't want to let that go. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm still here. Right. That's the worst part. Like, uh, when, when people, when they heckle and they maybe they have something the first time and then they just yell out stuff <laughs> that makes no sense from then on. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I was doing stuff once again about Michael Vick and, uh, I forget where this was, and the guy, the guy, his comeback was, yeah, well, Michael Vick's dogs are funnier than you, and I was like, of course they're funnier than me. They're like, if you if you saw a dog go up on stage and 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 do stand up comedy, first off, that makes no sense that a, a dog is going to be funnier than me. And yeah, obviously, dogs are really hilarious. I mean, you put up a video on YouTube of a dog chasing an animal in his dream and then it jumps up and it slams into a wall that's three million hits i can't yeah. get three million hits with my <laughs> angry riffs about sports and and women that, that's not gonna get three million hits so yeah the dog is funnier the guy was like wow <laughs> he's just like good point i don't i don't i like mixing it up that's why i like doing talk radio and stuff like that but the point is at some point just just shut up <laughs> all right gotta get to this my buddy uh, justin made me aware of this I don't know what he was doing watching the American Music Awards last night. I can't imagine. I don't know who watches award shows to begin with. Award shows in general are just really, really bad. I mean, sometimes, okay, they have a funny host. Okay, that's kind of interesting. But now there's so many award shows, it's kind of so watered down. 
I, I, would you really be stoked if you're a performer and you won an American Music Award? Okay, yeah, I mean, that sounds awesome. It has yeah. America in it. That's a sweet <laughs> country. Music, that's cool. That's what you're doing for a living. But I don't... I, American Music Awards, what the hell is that? Anyway, this is Justin Bieber performing live. See if... Now, Logan, we had a disagreement before last week about whether or not the Dallas cheerleaders had their voice modulated or shifted or whatever during their live performance. I can guarantee you Justin <laughs> Bieber did not have his voice modulated at all during oh, this not. live performance. I'm going to go out on the limb and say no. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Oh, one more time. One more time. <laughs> That's the story. That uh, one Whoa. more time. Sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, his record executive is just literally his head. Is that is, the extent of that clip? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm he, not going to play the he, rest of the song. <laughs> oh, I was getting into it. Um, no, does he squeak more than that? I think that was just the that was the only voice crack. But you know, you know, his record executive, his manager, they're all having a heart attack. Oh, my God, this kid's going to hit puberty. What are we going to do? This is the cash cow. We've put everything in behind this. Oh, my God, if he hits puberty, we're ruined. What are those drugs they gave Gary Coleman to keep him small? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're going to be looking to keep him young for the rest of his life. That's like that one episode of The Simpsons where Homer's singing in the choir and he has this angelic voice. Yeah, and Abe's yeah. in the, Abe's in the uh, pew just counting his money on, oh, man, that kid's going to be my cash cow and then uh you know homer comes in with a uh, justin bieber voice crack uh good old justin bieber man what a life but it, his life no- is gonna suck he is living yeah. the dream right now but his life is gonna suck so bad when he's an adult yeah the only people who can have this success this young and not totally ruin their lives are super religious people like the Hanson brothers For some reason they have like a <laughs> Their their family has this kind of cult like existence, and I think they all kind of bought into the idea of yeah, we're Hanson, we're Hanson, we're Hanson, and they're just all about making music, and we're a family, and it's good times. So I I think they probably be all right. Yeah, but I I kind of you you definitely worry about a guy like Justin Bieber. I yeah, he's gonna hit the wall. Speaking of people hitting the wall, more bad news. For Mr. Charlie Sheen Logan. That's right. Capri Anderson, <laughs> the woman that he was engaged with in a crazy evening, went to Good Morning America. Turns out she's going to, if you could believe it, she might end up suing <laughs> Charlie Sheen, the adult film star. Uh, turns out maybe she's just in it for the money. But this is her being interviewed with her attorney. Yeah. Now, you, you call this a wall, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is not a wall or a bottom for Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. A wall would imply that this is like some bottoming out point. This is somehow or... going to get him a raise at uh, two and a half men. Dude, he is on a roll. And it's funny. Every time they press release, every time they press release, okay, we have Capri Anderson, the chick Charlie Sheen was with that crazy night. Charlie Sheen stars in uh, a sitcom, Two and a Half Men, where he plays an out-of-control bachelor. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it almost seems like CBS is putting out these press releases. Yeah. In Los Angeles civil court today are, are pretty sensational. Assault, false imprisonment, that he grabbed you around the neck, threw a lamp at you, threatened to kill you. That can't have been what you expected. <laughs> that would, this, uh, if Capri Anderson had any sense of humor, she would just look dead in the eye. Actually, that's exactly what I expected. I mean, that was, part, that was actually in the rider. Um, <laughs> he said he was going to throw lamps at me. 
when you thought you were going to dinner that night on October. Logan, all it was... By the way, this guy sounds like a sheen. <laughs> yeah, he does, does kind of have that little suave sheen thing going. 25th. So tell us how this all came about. It was absolutely not what I expected. <laughs> and the way it came about was that I received a phone call from an, my agent offering me um, an appearance or if you will, an invitation to a dinner party. <laughs> if you will. Okay, that's starting to sound bullshitty. It's so funny. Who describes... A, uh, it's actually a live appearance. I'll be doing a live appearance at this guy's dinner where I play his date for $3,500. Paid appearance. And how much? $3,500? It was $3,500, yes. And... Do they just think everyone's stupid? Did... Okay, I everyone is stupid, dude. I everyone I understand <laughs> that Charlie Sheen has a lot of money. My dad, my dad loves that show. Right, Does that's not, fine. Is dude. not uh, he thinks marriage? He thinks uh, sex outside of marriage is an abomination. <laughs> loves Two and a Half Men. It's his favorite show. Now, but Logan, okay, so if your dad knew that Charlie Sheen paid a woman thirty five hundred dollars to go to dinner. Does anyone actually believe that, oh, okay, it's just dinner? Like, oh, yeah, stars right. do that all the time. <laughs> Listen, I Charlie, don't know, man. Char- I, I Char- think some people are so out of touch. But I love this. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and call her a prostitute. I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> $3,500 just to take me out to dinner. Yeah, it happens all the time. I wasn't expected to have sex with them. I never expected that the night would unfold the way it did. But $3,500 to go to dinner. So you said yes to that. Just dinner. <laughs> yes. And you went to Dan. Why? Well, who wouldn't say yes to that? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you pay? Or come on. Do you really have to pay someone $3,500 to go to dinner with you at a number one restaurant in New York? If you're a, if you're a super famous, wealthy guy? I don't. Yeah, exactly. And why? Why? Where do they get thirty five hundred? Like, she wouldn't come out to dinner for a thousand dollars and a free dinner. You know, the restaurant here in New York. What happened at the dinner? At dinner, dinner was very nice. Um, I met multiple oh, people nice. throughout the evening. Denise Richards came. <laughs> that's the best. Well, he still hangs out with Denise Richards. Yes, he was out there visiting Denise Richards because Denise Richards brought their kid. They had this couples weekend set up for divorced couples where you hang out. With the kids during the day, and then go uh, out he's and to make Janine, Denise jealous. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But why is why is Denise Richards going to dinner with her ex husband, who's bringing an obvious <laughs> prostitute to dinner? Who's crazier, Denise Richards, for not walking out? Well, maybe he's paying the thirty five hundred because she doesn't look like a hooker. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like he's pay- paying a, for a classy okay. Day. All right, so yeah, maybe he think. But come on, she knows him. She was married to him. She knows the right. kind of chicks. I mean, he was he was one of the guys that was uh, busted in the Hollywood he- Heidi Fleiss Hollywood Madam thing. I-, I think she knows what she's getting into, Denise Richards. But if you're Denise Richards, how do you not walk out there? Okay, your ex husband is bringing a prostitute to dinner. That that's not a deal breaker for you to leave dinner. How good is Danielle's food? It, it, this this has got to be the greatest plug for the restaurant. You go there, our dinner is so amazing that you can bring your ex-wife and a prostitute, prostitute. and they don't even have a problem. That's not the story here. The story isn't, oh, he brought a prostitute to a dinner with his ex-wife. Things got crazy. Things were great at dinner. (laughs) (laughs) That's the craziest part. They had a great dinner by all accounts. Um, I spent most of my evening speaking with her, but... (laughs) Wow, they bonded. What? So, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, we bonded. Hey. Girl, just be careful. You might have a blimp thrown at your head later tonight. Just warning you. I, lo- I love... What did they bond over? So what are you doing here? Um, I got offered $3,500 to come to a classy dinner. Why would I not do this? What are you doing here? The, lawyer, oh, the uh, lawyer just nodded his head exactly as we said. Exactly as we said. Just came here to dinner and have crazy coked out sex with Charlie Sheep. No! Cut that out. That line. Don't include that line. It was an eventful evening. But you say in the complaint that over the course of the evening, Mr. Sheen started to drink a lot, drink heavily, uh, and his behavior became more and more, more louder. He definitely was growing more intense as the night grew <laughs> and went on. Um, you know, it's hard to say, being that it was my first time hanging out with him, if that was normal of his <laughs> everyday behavior or not. Using so. racial slurs? He seemed like a very egotistical. So what was person. he saying? Why did that guy throw that in there? Well, I guess that's part of part of her complaint, or uh, I guess part of when things really went crazy back in the hotel room was that he started using the N word for what appears to be no reason. It's just him and her hanging out. Wow, that's weird. And not to defend Charlie Sheen on using the N word, but I, I I honestly don't think it's it, maybe it is. Maybe he has this seated uh, hatred for black people. I think. Charlie Sheen just loves doing stuff he's not supposed to do. He just gets off on <laughs> right. he, he has this okay, he has this great career making all this money, but it's it's too much for him. Success. He wants to do something to unravel it. So what can he do? All right. Uh, I'm just going to start yelling the N-word. See what happens. I, I think it's almost the N-word is so taboo. That's what draws Charlie Sheen in it. Uh, into it maybe maybe I could be wrong maybe he is severely racist but to just start using the n-word when you're just hanging out with you and this (laughs) prostitute seems totally just out of context like I could understand they were watching uh, some uh, basketball game or something and then he started using that okay that makes he's angry he's using it in a negative sense obviously you can't use it in a positive sense if you're a white guy but it, it to me it feels like he's not so much titillated or just like real bigoted i mean maybe yeah. he is like, well I, I knew these guys in oklahoma that uh would say the n-word when there were no black people around or when our black friend was around whatever <laughs> because they thought it was really funny but i and obviously our black friend was cool with it but i really think they were racist <laughs> right okay like, like why would you even do that you know i don't know why is that word even in, in your backlog of to pull out right but i'm just I saying like- the way Charlie Sheen handles himself to me it feels like this isn't about race this is about just doing everything crazy (laughs) doing everything that I'm not supposed to do you know I'm not even really comfortable repeating some of the things that he said (laughs) because they were that I love how this is the one thing she's not comfortable doing with having sex on film for money yeah she's comfortable with that uh being paid $3,500 to go on a date with a guy yeah I'm cool with that but oh Repeating some other guy's words. That's too taboo for me. Vulgar. But something that everybody recognizes as a racial slur. Definitely. <laughs> and then he goes on and uh, continues to get up, go to the bathroom, come back several different times. And oh. you, meanwhile, you're talking to Denise Richards, and at one point she says, I'm just leaving. I didn't, quote, realize it was going to be a party of floozies. Is that what she said? <laughs> oh, okay, so maybe Denise eventually did decide. I, I thought she stayed the whole time. But yeah, well, it sounds like they were having a conversation. Okay, though. so maybe the apps apps were going well, the wine, that was fine. 
But, uh, yeah, I guess maybe once he started making the frequent trips to the bathroom, things got a little crazy. I didn't realize it would be a floozy party. That does sound uh, like fun, though. A I want to be. I wish I was there. I'll fly <laughs> on that wall. Because I know that was an awkward conversation. Like, I know there was a misunderstanding at some point. There was a, some point where Denise realized, like, she was a hooker. <laughs> like, maybe she yeah. wasn't sure at first. Yeah, and then she said something like, Oh, I don't know where he went. He just paid me $35. Oh, she said so. I got to go. <laughs> she had some weird slip up. I'm supposed to check in with my pimp later. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. she said so. my agent. <laughs> it's weird how... I've only got a few hours left. I don't these know. adult I don't film stars, they have no problem having sex on camera for money, but then they... Oh, my God. I never want to be... I would never take sex for money off of camera. That, that to me, seems crazy. If anything, well, that would be... Well, the, she's on a radio show or whatever. Right. I'm just saying, yeah, well, yeah, okay, obviously she doesn't want to admit to it, but even even other, I, I've heard stories that, the or just like they with? come out really strong against being a prostitute. When, <laughs> right. when they make their, they you are, think they would be a little more understanding or, I don't know, you know, I was just going to get $3,500, see where the night took us. Something along those lines, she was definitely a little bit taken back by the whole evening, I'm sure. I don't think she expected to arrive and I don't think she expected to be eating amongst all of the guests that she was eating amongst. But after she left, <laughs> you all decided to go back to the hotel room with well, Mr. Sheen. Initially, we had um, plans to possibly attend a club or go out for further drinks. <laughs> there was a large group of people. That's what, the, that's what Charlie Sheen needs right now, further drinks. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to go out and party more, but then he said, let's just go back and party in my room. So that's Capri Anderson. Good morning, America. I don't know. Capri's what, a good is a pretty frequent hooker name now. Well, I <laughs> guess that's her that's her adult film name. Because uh, wasn't was it Elliot Spitzer or somebody else who had a hooker name? I think uh, his his and, prostitute uh, was uh, Ashley Dupree. Dupree. Yeah. So maybe was. that's maybe that's where that's coming through, Logan. All right. Good times, man. Remind you guys, uh, Christmas is coming, so make sure you log on to SeanTGreen.com, click that Amazon link, and you will have, uh, they got amazing stuff, really. Honestly, Amazon is one of those sites that literally has everything. They got uh, all this new NFL stuff, they have tons of Black Friday specials, so make sure you check that out. You can log on to SeanTGreen.com, check that out. Logan, I've, uh, I was on a uh, podcast review show recently, this weekend, it was called uh, Podcast Squared. You can go to podcastsquared.com, check out the review. I guess the guy reviews podcasts or talk radio shows, and then he also interviews the host. Like he has, you know, he has he had me on to do an interview to talk about the show and stuff like that. Got to be honest, Logan. Feel like you're getting some fans, man. Nice. Feel like feel like the word is the word is out on Logan Lystico. I haven't heard it yet. I'll have to listen to it at work. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. He he described you as a real character. He enjoyed uh, he enjoyed the show a lot. He described it as. Morning Zoo type show if the Morning Zoo wasn't hosted by a bunch of douchebags. So I took yes. that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, because I listen... Well, um, maybe I shouldn't talk, trash talk anybody. Oh, dude, trash talk. <laughs> dude, Kevin and Bean, I can't stand their show. Oh, don't All the trash sound talk effects. Kevin Bean. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, we've had Ralph Garman on. And yeah, Ralph's really good. I think... I imagine Adam knows them. Adam Carolla does. But anyway, um, yeah. I don't know. I yeah, can't stand I, okay. that show. <laughs> yeah, all right. The stuff they talk about, the sound effects, a lot of, I mean, you can do good things with sound effects, but uh, I don't know. It's just retarded. Okay, so you don't, you, you feel the morning, 
morning zoo format's gone tired, but uh, you know yeah. that's the great thing about podcasts—you can kind of change it up. You can kind of bring your own flair to it. You have this great blank canvas or canvas. Anyway, so he was on. <laughs> or I, I did the review show with him. It's good times. He also asked me one of the questions he asked me was, "If you were on a desert island with Logan, how long would it take you before you killed Logan <laughs> and eventually ate him?" And I gave him seventy-two hours. What do you think, Logan? <laughs> How long? Nice. How long will we last on a desert island? Seventy-two hours? You think over under? Obviously, I'd kill you in seventy-one hours. <laughs> well, now <laughs> that my secret's myself. out, I shouldn't have given that out. Shouldn't have given that information out. I could have could have kept d- it a surprise. We'd hang out for a couple of days first. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> I said I, I think it'd be all right for a while, a long weekend, and then after that, maybe things would get a little <laughs> tight, and you know, start realizing that I have to forge for food, and that might include um, killing you with a rock. <laughs> Start to look like a drumstick. Yeah, I was saying it would be like one of those cartoon shows where you just see the person and they're yeah. animated instead of being a person. It's a, a giant turkey that's sweating. <laughs> a giant Sweat steak turkey. with a hat on it. Why are you Logan looking hat? at me so funny, Sean? <laughs> yeah, they always. it's always funny because then they're still as the turkey, but yeah. then they're talking like, why are you looking at me so funny? Oh, nothing. Just want to hang <laughs> yeah. out, Logan. And then it would be one of those things where, okay, Logan, we got a giant cauldron. I'm going to make a hot tub. Just sit in this. <laughs> well, sweet, man. We got this a, is great. We're hanging out on a desert island. We You're got the a, best desert island roommate ever. We got a hot tub. When are the chicks coming? Oh, the chicks will be coming, Logan. Just rub this salt stick on you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm, some smells good. <laughs> Logan, here's, a, here's an <laughs> onion and some potatoes. Okay. What, why are we putting it in there? Oh, it's good for your skin. Oh, okay. Sweet. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and I also got I also got some compliments from my mom who listens to the show. My dad, they're they're big uh, L Dog fans. My mom goes, man, I, when I come out there the next time, I gotta meet that Logan. Haikus. <laughs> she, <laughs> That's funny. She found it really hilarious that you do haikus. All right. Well, uh, while we're waiting on Adam Carolla to call in, I actually I actually once called into Adam Carolla's show. And I shared a story about Gary Busey. I think it's a, I think it's a good call to play. I don't know if I've ever told this story on air, but you can hear me actually calling into Adam Carolla's uh, former morning radio show in ninety seven point one. So uh, here's that. This is me being a. Uh, you guys normally hear me as a host, but here's me being a morning show caller. That's the story they're going to tell, and then they'll tell through friends and so on and so on. Sean, hey, how's it going, Adam? Good. You got into an argument with Gary Busey. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a huge J-hole, first off. And uh, I was working at this uh, shipping place out in uh, Malibu. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes in, and he just he just assumes that uh, I knew that he wanted it overnighted. Mm-hmm. So I pulled out the regular envelope, and uh, that's pretty much where he lost it. <laughs> but to be fair, he has a metal plate in his head, and his <laughs> nose is filled with cocaine at all times. I mean, he's out of his mind, literally. Well, I mean, it's not an attitude. Yes. Well, the the best part, I, he said I was undermining his existence, and then I gave him I gave him the change and the receipt in the same hand. He threw it to the ground and instructed me change then receipt. And so uh, change I went, then receipt. Yeah, I went in the back of the break room and started making fun of him, like you know, retelling the story. And he followed me back there and heard me mocking him. And then he got right in my face and he said to me, he goes, "I just want you to know, I came here as a friend, not as an enemy." And, uh, and then he, yeah. Oh, and then he, uh, and then two weeks later, he came in and started talking to my boss about it. And I went up to my boss and I was like, "Hey, I was just trying to be nice to him, this and that." And then he shook my hand and he goes, 
I've apologized twice. Now we're cool. <laughs> yeah, he's so. one of the- All right, so that was me, my big moment in the sun, <laughs> nice. calling into the Adam Carolla radio show. That was That was a pretty crazy incident. And like I was saying, I was sitting there while he was kind of berating me of change then receipt, throwing the change down at me. I, I thought the entire time, I, I thought he was joking. Like, oh, okay. Because everyone at the store knew him, and everyone kind of refused to help him. So that's why I oh. stepped up, and that's why I was helping him. <laughs> I was doing this. Now, was he like, how was he? Was he just giving you an evil eye, or was he really just talking at you, or what? Or yelling it at was, you? Yeah, it was kind of the evil eye but I guess more crazy eye, and it was like a really <laughs> stern language to the point that I, I, I really assumed that he was joking. Right. Like, how could this guy come in here and get so angry literally out of nothing? Well, yeah. What did I do to set this off? And I'm just sitting there laughing, and while I'm doing that, my buddy Cornell, who worked, uh, Cornell Reed, comedian, who worked next door at the dry cleaning place, he's behind Gary Busey. So he's laughing, seeing this exchange. Whoa. So I'm laughing at Cornell laughing at Gary Busey, <laughs> freaking out. And like I said, he left, and, I, and then I went back, and he got my face. It was, I, I wish I had a hidden camera, because literally I'm doing the Gary Busey hands up and doing the whole act out uh-huh. while he's just hovering behind me. <laughs> Did he get angrier? Looking back, did he get angrier? Like when you started laughing and like when he I don't know. I guess he just seriously? kind of he just kind of seemed angry the entire time. Like he just seemed fired up and and something. I guess it triggered him. Like I said, I must think, have been something right before. He I came think in. it was that he expected me to know that to immediately overnight it. So instead of bringing out the FedEx envelope, which is the overnight envelope, I brought out the regular envelope and that. That threw him in a tizzy. He didn't, he didn't want to deal with that at all. And it was great when he was berating me. And I'm just standing there like, oh, my God, are we going to do this? Are we going to throw down? Am I going to – is this how yeah. is this how it's going to end? Me getting choked to death by Gary Busey in the back of a mailbox, et cetera? <laughs> it was funny. My, my super flaming it – was, it was a very homosexual guy. Got in between – very effeminate. Got in between me and Gary Busey. Was he and was just – yeah, he was the manager. He's like, Gary, Gary, just please. Um, sometimes you scare people when you get a little excited. I'm not excited. <laughs> he's yelling at the guy wow. that he's not excited. That's always great when someone's angry and then you're like, all right, relax, man. You're getting angry. And then they're screaming at Don't you. Don't tell me to relax. Explaining <laughs> how they're not angry. Don't yeah. tell me how to relax. But it, and, and, you know, I, Gary, I get it. I understand crappy customer service. I understand... I understand having that moment where you're like, oh, man, they messed up. They screwed me over. I'm going to freak out. I freaked out at customer service people before. I've been there, but I didn't do anything wrong, and and I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Share my all-time, since we're talking customer service here, I'll share my all-time greatest customer service freak out. It was Redondo Beach. I would gotten a hat as a gift, Logan. You know how I like hats. I wear hats from time to time. I got a, I got a nice hat. It was a green L.A. Dodgers hat. <laughs> I was hat about because, to ask if it was green. <laughs> yes, it was. My buddy uh, Bill got me this green L.A. Dodgers hat. And unfortunately, it was a fitted cap, and it didn't fit my head. So you got to return it, right? So I go back to the hat stand. Like, hey, this, this hat doesn't fit. I've worn it once, and I have the receipt. Okay, return the hat is $21.99. I return it. And give her the receipt and the hat. I'm like, okay. And I guess they didn't have that same hat style. 
in my size. I go, okay, you know what I'll do? I'll give you guys a break. I'm returning a $21.99 hat. I'm going to take an $18.99 hat. You guys can keep it. I don't even want my money back. Sorry, I can't do that. I was like, what do you mean you can't do that? You do allow me to exchange my hat. And she's like, yes, but it has to be uh, the same price. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? I. She's like, well, it has to be twenty one ninety nine. The the hat you're exchanging it for. I go, what are you talking about? I'm giving you three dollars in hat price for free. I don't want the change. I don't want my money back. That's fine. I'm sorry, I can't do that. The system doesn't allow me to do that. And I'm sitting there in this little kiosk. I was like, can you show me the system? I know how to use a computer. Maybe I can do it for you. She did not like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. Just all I'm going to do is. Okay, I'm just gonna walk off with this other hat, and we're gonna leave it at that. I left the other, the $21.99 hat, and this, and I started walking off. Sir, sir, stop freaking out! I was like, no, I'm not freaking out. But you gotta understand, your logic makes no sense. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> I'm giving you three dollars in hat. Take it, lady. Take it. I'm sorry, sir. Um, I'm sorry, sir. We can't. I I can't do that. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I was like, is there anyone you can talk to? Oh, no, I'm the manager. <laughs> I was like, no, you're not the manager. Call. Yeah. She ends up calling the manager on the phone. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, okay, hold on, let me ask. Uh, do you want the difference in cash? I was like, I didn't want the money at all. I just wanted to return the hat for the for the lower price hat. Yeah, and you could have, right, after she got off the phone? Oh, yeah, she just did and I got problem. my money. And I took the money, and I threw it at her, and I stole that. Did you really? Yeah. Hell yeah. I threw it in her direction. There was change. Yeah, I was like, well, yeah, if you, if you threw a coin at her face, maybe that's not Yeah, I didn't, I didn't whip a quarter at her. I'm, I'm not a <laughs> sociopath, Logan. I know what you're thinking. Like, oh, I can see Sean. <laughs> whip a quarter. <laughs> Come on. I have some heart. I, I'm not a total animal. I was just really angry about bad customer Charlie service. Sheen. Right. Charlie Sheen, God knows what he would have done. He probably would have screamed the N-word, done tons of blow, bought the entire hat stand, tipped it over. <laughs> right. Oh, it was just a stand, too? And she yeah. was trying to say there was some complicated system that she's we needed to keep. She's sitting there. Yeah, she's sitting there. We need there. to keep inventory for this stand. It's really hard. There's, a, there's fucking 50 hats there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see your entire inventory. Okay? That wow. was part of the problem, that they didn't have uh, that same hat style for the 2199. Man, was I fired up. And yeah, and, and yeah, I can, I can see like Gary Busey getting angry. Okay, it makes sense. But obviously not with Gary Busey because you need something to trigger. You need, you need, something, you need something that uh, gets you going. You can't just pull it out of nowhere and get, get, get really angry. Get respect or anything, yeah. Speaking of getting angry, we were watching... Oh, actually, Logan, let's talk about uh, your reaction to this one commercial. It it cracks me up because normally you don't have <laughs> strong reactions to commercials, but I've been noticing watching sports and stuff like that. I forget the um, – it's like an insurance or like a savings thing. Yeah. It, it's a savings it's fund. It's a very forgettable commercial. Right, and it shows like a guy – There's it's this whole series of campaign, and it's just like a guy typing away at his desk. And then the, his wife is IMing him about, like, what's wrong with our retirement? Are we going to have enough money to retire? When, when did it change when we can retire to if we can retire? What happened to us? Yeah. And then, and question then he, mark, writes question back, mark, question he writes back, like, well, I'll handle it later. And then she hands <laughs> back, like, when? And then he thinks. And then that's the commercial. And it's like, when? Fuck you. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm at work earning money right now. 
God, that's my retirement plan. What are you doing? Just texting me? Like, why don't you get a job, Logan? Why does that hit? I feel like it really hit a nerve there. Do you do you get bombarded by your wife with text messages? No, it's just the whole point is that like, have you been thinking a lot about retirement? But the setting is so off, and there it's always a man. He's always doing work at an office in a conference room. Clearly, he's kind of like tired or stressed and then his wife asks a simple question you know like hey remember when this guy when our financial advisor told us this and he's like yeah and then she's like okay well what are we gonna do for our retirement <laughs> and then he's just like so but there's nothing but it's just like well, why didn't you bring that up when we were talking to our financial advisor like what <laughs> why are you bringing this up i'll see you tonight what are, what is this i don't know it just drives me nuts i hate it when people text or i am you to start like a very long conversation too, and a deep thing. I think that's why it's home for me. Oh, okay, so you you get frustrated by that? Why do you yeah. get you get that hi, a lot? Like to- like a text message that just says hi, and then I write back hi. How are you today? Good. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I went to this place. Da 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 da. What did you do? You know, it's just like why didn't you just call me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> You're burdened by the digital age, Logan. Yeah. Well, maybe you can be a digivangelist like uh, Christopher Coppola and, and change the world <laughs> through digital media. Maybe this has been. I, I I'm kind of uh, fascinated. I think it was they were talking promoting. Oh, the Tonight Show. They were promoting the Tonight Show guest for the week. It was, it was some big guests, and then they throw in Jessica Simpson. Correct me if I'm wrong. How is Jessica Simpson still in the limelight? What is it about her that's even interesting anymore? She doesn't. She put out that country album that didn't really do that well. She's getting married to some guy who used to play football. Why is she still in the limelight? Like, I feel like if you're still going to be famous, you either A, have to keep yourself in shape, or B, <laughs> produce well, some sort of skill or talent. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, I mean, The Tonight Show is on five nights a week, and she right, every, but she a- is famous. Like Everyone knows who she is, so... It's not like she's currently got a project, I guess. It is weird. Wasn't that you show. though? You were talking about uh, you think the only reason they have her on the show is oh, because yeah. they want everyone wants to see what fat Jessica Simpson looks like. Well, because you were, I think it was you. You were just like, "Whoa, did Jessica Simpson get fat?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, I think so." And then you're like, "Man, why are they having her on?" And I was like, "Cause she's fat." <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's fat now, <laughs> I guess maybe she's promoting her weight gain, just going around. Hey, I'm Jessica Simpson. Put on some pounds. That must be a weird. That must be a weird pre-interview when they're going over segment ideas. Yeah. Obviously, they would never do it on the Tonight Show because it's so sanitized and such like a nice, friendly show. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, okay. So um, is that a baby bump? I'm, I'm just kidding, Jessica. Seriously, though. Let's. Uh, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> uh, any new cheese you're looking to promote? What do you? What kind of? <laughs> new cheese. That would be great to try to get her to open up about the weight game. I mean, they they could do it on a talk show, but it'd have to be like it'd have to be an Oprah show, and it'd have to be a sit down. It'd have to be very dramatic. With I, I got to say before we get too deep into it, I just saw like a flash of her at that on that commercial. I didn't really see. I don't know if she's actually really fat. She looked chubbier than <laughs> yeah. she was. Yeah, she's a full figured gal. She may still be hot. I don't know. I I just. I kind of glanced after you guys all saw her and was Look, like, oh, she's fat. If Jessica Simpson paid me $3,500 to go to dinner with her, would I go? Hell yeah, I would go. <laughs> Why wouldn't I go? But what I'm saying is I, I'm not trying to act like, oh, I'm surprised. I, I'm, I'm really, really good looking. I, I work out all the time. Okay, yeah, I, I get it. 
But I, I don't think you can be Jessica Simpson and go on The Tonight Show without anything else to promote without <laughs> without some ridicule or say, come on, I, you got to bust chops here, right? Oh, yeah. I don't want to be accused as being some misogynist. But literally, <laughs> if, if you're not, if you're going to be known for just being famous, I think the least you can do is be hot. At least Kim Kardashian, okay. She yeah. is whatever. <laughs> well, she's started. Okay, well, I guess this Jessica is a, Simpson has too. Tip, they all, all right. start their own fragrance and. <laughs> but that's well, not, whatever. I mean, right. at least you're. Yeah, trying they're to making do money. Something in the they're economy, making money. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're doing something. <laughs> this is, it's going to get the economy out of the hole. Kim Kardashian's new fragrance line. Here's the thing with Kim Kardashian. She's one of the, uh, I think, um, ABC News, they do a People of the Year, and she's one of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I, Why, because I she guest starred on Apprentice? Like, what is this? I have no idea. I mean, I guess you just have a really good publicist who just um, gets you put into everything, and... You're like, oh, hey, yeah, get me on this show, get me on this show, and I, but people of the year, obviously, it's not a, it's not a huge tribute. Like, it's, I mean, I guess it kind of turns into a tribute, but it's supposed to be the most kind of interesting or controversial people of the year. One of the other guys that were on the ABC People of the Year show was LeBron James. Okay, that makes sense. He was changed the he went face from of basketball. Yeah, he went from NBA. Cleveland to Miami. There was a big decision. There was a lot talked about it. There, okay, there was a ton His of high stuff. high school games were broadcast not nationally. Right, exactly. That's insane, yeah. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense to include Kim Kardashian in the national discussion. Okay, I, and I'm not even one of these guys, oh, she doesn't, she, and totally anti, oh, screw her, whatever. Hey, you want to have a fun little cable show and sell your perfume and do that? That's fine. But to take it up to the next level of, okay, you're you're an A-lister, I I think an A-list means you have some sort of talent. You have some some sort of skill that people are, oh, okay, hey, let's check that out. Okay, that's entertaining, right. besides <laughs> just being kind of good-looking. <sighs> All right. Well, that felt good to get it off my chest, Logan. Good. Looks like uh, Adam Carolla is not calling in. Must be. Uh, I'm going to blame it all on the publicist. Put it all on the publicist. It was all his fault. Uh, bummer about that, but don't worry. Show is is cooking. We've got a lot of great shows. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Logan, you want to uh, wrap things up with a haiku? Let's do it. Charlie Sheen's Issues. Corolla stood us up. Oh, wait. Hold on. Looks like we got a, uh, we got a call right here. Uh-oh. Maybe this I spoke is too soon. You're on the green room. Hey, it's Adam Corolla. Oh, hey, Adam. Adam, uh, Adam thanks for calling in, man. Yeah. I'm You're sorry, on here I'm to talk. I'm sorry? I I'm said I'm sorry I'm late. I had your buddy Andrew Johnston on the other line. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh, on that Podcast Squared show. Yeah, I kept telling him uh, I got to call Sean. He's like, all right, hold on. Pretty soon. We'll just get to the four questions. Well, you know, <laughs> you, Adam, I don't need to explain to you how cutthroat the uh, podcast game can be. It, uh, it, I'll tell you, there's uh, almost no civility. The Marquis of Queensberry rules are off. This is a, this is a cage fight. All right, so now you're the, you're the best-selling author of In 50 Years, We'll All Be Chicks. What does it feel like to be on the best-selling list at New York Times? I think you set some sort of record. I don't know of anyone else who graduated from North Hollywood High with a degree in ceramics and is now a New York Times bestseller. 
Well, there are dozens, literally dozens of uh, <laughs> others who graduated. So you really got to do your, your, your homework. Oh, sorry about uh, that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of surreal, and uh, I'm in a, in a weird place because I, I have my family coming over on Thursday for Thanksgiving, and I haven't really alerted any of them that I wrote a book. <laughs> and so um, and at the beginning of the book, I talk a little crap about my parents, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure nothing they haven't heard before, but maybe uh, somehow it being in print makes it all somehow, yeah. you know, come home to roost. And so now I'm kind of in this weird boat, and uh, I, I'm not sure how to handle it. Maybe you can help me see. My family is are, are sort of, eh, I call them pseudo-intellectuals. They're not really that smart, but they do, they, they, they love their, you know, NPR, and they love their... Their culture. Their book, the book readers. Yeah. And uh, I was always um, into sports and into building and into football and boxing and, like, you know, running around and throwing dirt clods and, you know, BMX bikes and being stuff. A, being a man. Yeah, I was just into that stuff. I just, I just was just a wrencher. I just always was a wrencher. And my family was always just a bunch of sort of guys who wore, tur- you know, turtleneck sweaters and read books. And 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 so the, the, the fact that, you know, so the man show didn't really mean much to them. And they never had, they never got basic cable or anything like that. Right. Frankie Anchors and Loveline. It was all just sort of, you know, they knew I was on some form of a TV show that they really hadn't seen. Or, you know, they didn't, you know, they, they, they would watch. Yeah, it's not in their world. They'd watch Charlie Rose, maybe, you know, but they wouldn't watch me. So so it wasn't their world. So I, I couldn't really brag much about any of that stuff because they didn't, they didn't, it's not that they didn't approve of it. They didn't really know what it was, and they weren't that interested. But being a, a New York Times best-selling author, that would resonate with them. Right, that's you know? a book. That's, in, that's yeah. in their domain. Except for the part where I talked. Shit about it in the book. I don't really want them to read that much. Right. That's hard to. That's hard to explain to your parents. Hey, mom, look, I I wrote a book about you. You don't have to actually read any parts of it, but it's on the New York Times bestseller list, which means almost uh, thousands and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have read it. But you don't necessarily need to read it. Yeah, and again, you know, I didn't write it about her. There's just a couple of couple of segments in there that aren't flattering. And, uh, you know, just telling the truth, sorry, I'm getting over a cold, but, so, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, so when they come over Thursday, and, you know, I, and I get a couple glasses of wine in me at a certain point, I'm going to, I'm going to want to say, you know, uh, you got to watch your tone because you're talking to the author of, uh, New York <laughs> <laughs> crowbar on. that in. And then, then they go, what, 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 what book is this? I can't, at that point I just go, yeah, you know what? Don't worry about it. The point is, is I'm a New York guy. Now, they wouldn't believe me at that point, right? Right, yeah, because... They're going to want a free book. Yeah, right. Uh, they're going to want to get in on this gravy trade. All right, well, Adam, uh, unfortunately, we, we only got the studio book for like a minute more here. In, uh, damn. Yeah, sorry about that. Maybe we can get you on another time. I, I just... I, uh, you know what? I, I would do it gladly because this is this is my fault for talking to your... Arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take him down. I'm going to firebomb his website. But everyone, I, it's a great read. I can't recommend it 
enough. Uh, make sure you check out Adam Carolla's new book, best-selling author in 50 years, Will All Be Chicks. Appreciate the time, Adam, and uh, we'll do it again. Sorry about this. John, sorry I'm late, and we definitely will. All right. Take care, Adam. Appreciate it. Bye, Adam. Take care. All right. Well, that was unfortunate. What can you do? At least we got him on there at the end. Uh, we're running late here, so I apologize to everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Green Room. We do it live every Thursday nights, 8 o'clock on LATalkRadio.com.